0: This is a podcast by Well Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith, in a culture against faith. So let's talk about Christian behavior. Let's do it. So in uh, full transparency, as we were trying to pick top, we literally just picked this topic like uh-huh. 15 minutes ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... We know exactly how this is going to go. Yep. Um, And we will try to contain ourselves as best as possible. Yep. So, I guess let's get into it.
1: Historically, I think when someone thinks about Christian behavior, I have an image in my head of what picture I want them to make up. Like, the average person on the street, when they wake up and they get asked, what is Christian behavior? In my mind, I have an image of what I want them to answer with.
0: You want them to look like Jesus.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think that's how most people answer that question. Probably not. How, do you, how would you answer that question?
0: Well, as... A Christian and somebody that is um, trying to do it the right way, I'm very biased. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that most Christian behavior that we actually see looks more like... um, Radical conservatism.
1: Interesting. That's where your mind goes. Mm-hmm. So walk that out. What What does that mean for you? Like, how do people that have that makeup? How do they act?
0: Well, um, oh God, I'm going on record saying this. Um, very exclusionary. Um. Mind is all around how, like, my makeup is all around how Christians treat other people. Okay. Um, I mean, that's literally what I do. Right. So, um, sorry, guys, the Baylor game's on. (laughs) Um, and, And so, based on that, whenever I think of radical conservatism, conservative, that word, um when I think about that in light of the Christian behavior it's people that aren't wanting to make space for other people right yeah. like the 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 whole thing with Jesus in the temple with the whip and um that's what I see and this is the only time we actually see Jesus get kind of violent yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. like he That's definitely. the
0: only time we ever see this. Uh-huh. Jesus goes in and and it, <laughs> in a righteous anger starts flipping tables. Yep. Um, and scaring the crap out of people for good reason.
1: They were excluding people from worship.
0: And that is what I think Christian behavior looks like currently.
1: I think... So I don't disagree with that interpretation at all. We're we're on, we're in similar lines yeah. on what how we think that most people in the world interpret the idea or concept of Christian behavior. Sure, mine's a little nuanced. I think Christian behavior is categorically defined by culture as pharisaical behavior. I think it's the judgy people that exclude people based on yeah. stupid arbitrary rules that are contradictory to a larger message called the gospel. Yeah.
0: I and I think you and I are perfectly in line. Just yeah, absolutely.
1: I think it it's it's just a really terrible thing. I I mean, I can remember I've told this story several times on podcast. I don't know if it's, I've told it on this one yet, but I was on staff at a church and a woman showed up on a Sunday morning to a worship service. And I'll be honest, she was dressed in a way that made me a little uncomfortable, but you could also tell that this woman. Had just had a hard night. Because she she came dressed like she came straight from the club. And she sat down on the back row. Or like third to last row or something. And... No woman went up to her. No woman greeted her. No woman went to check on her. No woman made any move towards her, and the first person that spoke to her was an older man asking her to leave because of the way she was dressed. I think that's the picture that most people have of quote unquote christian behavior yep um, and look i'm not i'm not saying that Like, I don't understand the conservative side there. Like, the woman was definitely dressed in a very inappropriate way. But at the same point, it's like, that made her, like, in some way, that's what she was wearing, and that's what made her feel beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: She should not have been asked to leave. No. No. And Not she no. should have been greeted, embraced, and brought into the fold of the community. But she walked in, and the minute she broke the threshold, she was tagged as an other.
0: Yep. And whatever happened to the whole come-as-you-are thing? Right? Like, well, what happened to that?
1: It, it really is interesting. that It's really interesting that you bring that up, actually, because in 1 Corinthians... The entire letter if you go read it and really study it and I'm just fortunate that I was a student editor of one of my friends and professor at HBU. He did a, a two volume handbook on First Corinthians for for the Baylor line mm-hmm. and so and I was an uh, editor on it and so. A student editor. So I have like read First Corinthians backwards and forwards and all kinds of so I know more about First Corinthians than I probably want to know in my lifetime. <laughs> okay. Um the major problem in First Corinthians is a socioeconomic one. Mm. The people of power and wealth and fame are not making space for the average person in the worship gatherings. Mm-hmm. That's the major division. Now there's also chapters five and six where there's like sexual charges there and those kinds of things. But by and large, the major issue is that the wealthy and powerful are excluding the poor and vulnerable from the worship experience. And this is made evidence in chapter 10 around the Lord's supper. Mm -hmm. The ancient house gathering of church operated according to a banquet schedule. Mm the meal was served at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's not that the wealthy people weren't letting the poor people eat. They'd built the system in a way that they were not even present when the meal was had yeah. because they were still at work.
0: Yeah. I, I think I remember us talking about this a while ago.
1: Well, Like literally it, it, should always be about community yep. and equity for those that all are welcome at the table and all come as as they are, like you said. And coming as you were was okay because they would come straight from work. The problem is there's just no food left by the time they get there. Yeah. The system was designed to oppress them. Right. In the same way, that's why we don't have come as you are theology anymore because the system historically is designed to oppress. Yep. Pharisaical behavior. Yeah. Um, Excluding people based upon these arbitrary rules and systems and being legalistic about all of it. Yep. Literally missing the entire point. Any kind of concept of grace the other thing I will say, and this is my main qualm with those type of people, faith and true faith in Jesus brings life. It always brings life. Yep. If your faith in Jesus does not bring life, you are doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. People who exhibit that type of behavior that we're talking about don't have eternal perspectives because their own comfort is more valuable than someone experiencing life in Jesus. Yeah.
0: And and what was, you gave a, at that same church that you were just talking about, okay. you gave a sermon talking about getting out of your comfort zone and you have to get out of your comfort zone. I was comfort, actually a different so.
1: church. Oh. Yep. Yep. But I know the sermon you're talking about, but that was at a different church.
0: Okay, but getting out of your comfort zone is required to make an impact, right? To make an impact on somebody's life, to do Jesus things, you have to get out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know that there's a way to do Jesus things in your comfort zone because growth happens due to tension. Yep. So think about your muscle. Why do you work out? To to be healthy, to be strong, yeah. to, to increase your muscle strength. Well, what's literally happening in your muscle when you exercise or work out? It's
0: tearing the fibers.
1: Yeah, it's tension. Literally, tension strengthens us. Tension yeah. grows us. And so... If you're living in your comfort zone, you're never being stretched, you're never being challenged, you're never growing. You're just continuing to exist in the same spot yep. and you're not growing in your divine likeness. Right. The goal of the Christian faith is to be more like God every day that I exist. Mm. That Tomorrow, I'm going to be more like God than I was yesterday. And there will be seasons of life where life's hard and you don't look better today than you did three months ago. But overall, when you look back across your life from the time that you, quote unquote, become a Christian, which I really don't like using that language, but I don't have another, I haven't broken down the construct yet, but from, from, the point that you begin trying to follow Jesus to the point you are now, you want to be able to look back across that time and go, hey, I, I look more like God today than I did back then. Yeah. And so you have to get out of your comfort zone. You must be stretched. You must have tension. You must grow mm. in order to do that. Yeah. If you are going to stay comfortable, you're going to be stagnant. And this was a major thing in a lot of different cultures, but specifically in the Christian faith, by the time of the patriarchs, the first writers after the New Testament, you, you couldn't baptize somebody in water that wasn't moving. Hmm. Do you know why? I don't. Because stagnant water doesn't have life. It's murky, it's yucky, it's contaminated. Living water is moving water Mm. because there's movement, there's growth, there's tension. That's why everybody gets baptized in a river, man.
0: Mm.
1: Nobody gets baptized in lakes.
0: Interesting.
1: Everybody gets baptized in rivers. So you need this growth. And movement in order to be in pursuit of your divinity. Yeah. When people get comfortable, I'm convinced that's when they start becoming pharisaical Mm -hmm. because they get more concerned with themselves than they are with their neighbor. Yeah. This is my main problem with that type of behavior Because no one has an eternal perspective. When I make a determination that I'm going to judge someone or be hypocritical or have a pharisaical outlook on life and someone's impact in my life, I've made the determination that my comfort matters more than their eternity. Mm. I've literally disobeyed Jesus and that I am more important than my neighbor.
0: Yes. But and and let's also so first, let's talk about what's happening when you do that, when you exclude somebody. Yes, you are excluding them and impacting their experience with Jesus, right? And that's horrific. But you are limiting the impact they're gonna have that they could have on your life. Mm-hmm. Right, You're limiting the, the perspectives that they could bring in your situation.
1: This speaks to another issue. I agree with you 100%, but it speaks to another issue that we don't care to listen to people. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I don't care if they can say anything to my life because I'm not going to listen to them anyways. Mm-hmm. That That's not what I'm saying, but that's right. what someone would say. Um, and it's only when you begin listening to people and their stories that you begin to understand that every single person's individual experiences have something to give to you that you can learn from, Mm -hmm. that can stretch you, that can grow you. Yep. But you have to give them a voice. Yep. And for me, I do think that we're fighting a battle of death. That is what we are fighting. That is the problem that we have that Jesus has come to solve. And this type of Christian behavior that most of culture, I think, projects us with, instead of all the things that we are good at. Mm -hmm. I remember being in seminary. And me and some seminary friends are sitting around one day. And we just, we're so frustrated that the church is known for all the things that we're against yeah, I was rather about to go than there. the things we're for. Yeah, This is the same thing. We have this makeup. People make their mind up about this because we care more about the things we're against than the things we're for. Yep. And so what nobody is painting the picture of Christian behavior is justice of love, of goodness, of kindness, of peace, of nonviolence, of any of these things that are actually good. No, nobody has those images. And the other thing that nobody has an image for, and I think it's because most people are not living their life the way that we talked about yesterday on the gift, that we're reciprocating the grace that we've received because they're just treating it as their own personal fire insurance. And so they're not they're not contributing to the war on death. We yeah. should have an eternal perspective that life and life abundance matters. Hmm. That that is the gift of Jesus and that's what he came for so that all might experience life in Jesus. Yeah but we don't have an eternal perspective on life. And so we're not making an impact on our war against death. So we take our own comfortability over as more valuable, more important than someone's experience of life. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen. Yeah, That's not Christian behavior. We are here because of Jesus for the message of Jesus to be spread yeah. to anyone who who needs to experience life. Yep. Done. That is why we are here. Yep. And we're not going to do it through pharisaical behavior. No. Nope. We're not going to do it by caring more about ourselves than others. We're not going to have any, we're not going to have any change in anyone's idea of what it means to be a Christian until we stop acting that way. Yep. Yep. And we start being proponents of life and life abundance.